Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the great Teddy Atlas. Today's episode is brought to you by MyBookie. Check these guys out at mybookie.ag and use the promo code ATLAS, A-T-L-A-S, for 50% credit up to $1,000 on your first play. So if you like what Teddy has to say and you want to bet three grand on the fight, put up two. They'll give you an extra thousand in credit and uh, off you go. Teddy, good to be with you. Good to be with you. Like the t-shirt. Jermaine Taylor, Corey Spinks, the border battle. Yeah. Always a good one. Um, today we're going to cover the, uh, we're going to do a preview of the um, Terrence, uh, sorry, Terrence Grover, Sp- uh, Spence Porter fight. <laughs> sorry, I had a momentary brain uh, lapse. Um, this is a good one. I mean, this is at least a, a fairly competitive fight. Um, I'm dying to hear what you think about this one. I mean, um, Errol Spence, big, strong kid, Sean Porter, well-known commodity, um, fought some tough guys in his day. Um, curious to hear what you have to say about this one. I'd rather, look, I'd rather see Spence and Crawford. Of course. But, um... Porter's a world champion. He's been a world champion before. He's, he's lost. He's come back. Got the title again. He's a guy going through a little bit of transition. What do I mean by that? I think he is getting older, fighting better fighters than he fought on his way up. On his way up, he could be the bull in the china shop a little bit. He could be the, the bully, quite frankly. Use his physical strength uh, and just... Outman people, outmuscle people, outdetermine people, run them over. You know, he was a monster truck with some of these fighters. Definitely was with, with uh, on his way up, where he could just roll over some of them with his physicality. And now, when I mean transition, I see him in his last fight with Ugas, and recently, I thought he lost the fight to Ugas. To be quite frank with you, I agree. Uh, but I think that. He's realizing that the go get him, you know, bull in the China shop mentality, uh, bullying, uh, just, you know, being that, that, like I said, that bull. At this level, there's matadors out there. There's guys that know how to handle bulls. And so he showed Nooga's fight. He's trying to use his jab more. He's trying to use his legs more. He's trying to do a little Jersey Joe Walcott where he's moving off this way, moving off that way, you know, trying to be fancy. I think he conned the judges a little bit. I love Porter, but we're not here for love fest. We're here to say to the fans uh, what what we believe and what we sometimes is not said. And... It's not knocking him. It's just pointing something out. I just said he's a determined guy. He's a champion. Uh, You know, he's a load. He's a monster truck sometimes. But now he can't be a monster truck anymore. He can't be a bull anymore, as I just pointed out, because of the level, maybe because of his age, but probably more because of the level that that he's at. And I thought that in the fight with Ugas, he probably conned the judges out of a few rounds with moving and moving, and it wasn't so much that he was doing anything effective, but it gave a good look to it. And I think he might have stole a round or two here. Uh, 
by doing that and by using his jab, trying to use his legs, his jabs, move a little bit more laterally. For me, what's what's interesting is to try to predict, to try to forecast, to try to handicap which Porter will show up against Spence, which Porter he will decide has the best chance to win that fight in an underdog battle. He's the underdog in a fight that most people think Spence will win, or a lot of people think, or at least the people that lay the lines uh, definitely think that Spence will win. Which Porter will will he bring forward? Will it be the guy that uses physicality? You said it well. He's fighting another big physical guy too. But will it be, uh, you know, he's fighting another guy who's a big welterweight. So will it be his physical game that he'll bring to try to get it done? Or will it be the what we saw in Uga's fight, using his legs, using a little Jersey Joe, you know, shuffling to the side, shuffling to the side, you know, a little bit of that stuff uh, to keep Spence off balance. And will it be his jab? Or will it be a combination? I think it'll be a combination of things is what I think. But I also think the more sophisticated fighter is Spence. I think Spence can match him in anything that Porter can do. Physicality, um, you know, obviously, if he wants to use his legs, he can do that too. I don't think there's anything Porter can do, Spence can't do probably better. Uh, even, again, even in the areas that Spence, even in the areas that Porter thinks of as his strong areas, the, you know, the physical areas, Spence... It's not going to really be out physical, I don't think. So, the sophistication, the you know, the technique starts to become the next thing you think about when you're handicapping a fight, and that's where I think Spence separates himself. He's a southpaw. He's an Olympian. He's got the pedigree. He's got the background. He's fought the best fighters in the world. Um, he's got the versatility to do more things than Porter can do. He's he's got the equipment. Uh, to be able to do more things than Porter can do and do it at a better level. He he's again he's 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 more developed from a technical standpoint. His punches a little shorter. Porter still has fat on his punches at times. Uh, unfortunately, in this business, you can't just go to a good butch and say, "Hey, you know, clean this up." You got to do it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Can't just cut it off that way. Um. I think that I think that Spence there's, there's one thing that Porter gets a benefit of in this fight and I'll point it out right now because I'm pointing out both sides the negatives the positives one thing that he does get a benefit he gets a free ride on is he's susceptible to right hand counters uh, because when he jabs I don't think he realizes it. He jabs from the wrong distance sometimes. He did with Ugas, and he was getting countered quite a bit with right hands from Ugas when he jabbed. So he was, in some spots, he was almost afraid to jab. What he did was he started moving to the side and jabbing, trying to trying to get to a different position when he jabbed where he wasn't going to feel that he was vulnerable and using his legs to, to set that out, to set that up. But 
Porter has a habit of throwing his jab from the wrong distance, a little too close, and he gets counted with right hands. He won't have that problem in this fight with Spence because Spence being a southpaw, that right hand counter, the straight right hand counter is taken out of play. It doesn't exist because instead of being like this where the right hand counter could be there, bop, you know, the jab comes, the throw your jab. You gotta wear headgears in this fucking place. You know, bop. You throw from too close, bop. The right hand goes right over from, because it's too close. But now turn southpaw. Now you, now you turn southpaw. You don't have that weapon. You don't have that weapon. Now you have a straight jab or you have a hook, but you don't have the straight right hand to counter. So that weapon, that punch, that Porter has been susceptible. Is not going to be in play in this fight. Yeah, the right hand, right hook counter could be there, but it's different. It's not the straight right hand counter. So that won't be in play. So I actually think, usually you think of it as a negative when you're fighting a southpaw. You have to get used to that style. You're not used to fighting those guys. You know, it could be a negative. I think in this case, it might be a positive. So for those people out there that like the odds, that, that look at the line and see those juicy odds, they might say, hey, Teddy, you're, you're speaking my language here. And by the way, the odds right now are Errol Spence minus 400, Sean Porter plus 360. So, again, one of the weapons, one of the things that has been a problem for Porter won't be in play. But having said that, Porter still can be enticed to throw wide punches and to reach in a little bit. And that's another place where he's going to have a problem because Spence is not just a big, strong welterweight or a seek-and-destroy guy that I used to say on ESPN when I was broadcasting the fights ringside all the time uh, and used that terminology. He's not just that. He's a guy who can counterpunch. He's a guy who can set traps. He's a guy who could use a jab. So there's no free rides. No free passageway here in this fight for Porter in that way. So if Porter does reach in a little bit, bring that bully game, he's going to get counted. If he throws those wide punches, I think the choices of how we would say before, I was saying what's interesting to me is to f- try to figure out which way Porter will approach this fight what is fight plan will it be to bring the the muscle game or will it be to as he showed in Uga's fight to start using his legs start you know trying to faint a little bit you know shuck a little bit uh use the jab keep Spence off balance no matter what he does I think Spence has an answer Spence has a good southpaw jab. He showed that in the Garcia fight. You know, he didn't just go get Garcia. He stabilized Garcia first. Mikey, Mikey Garcia, a good boxer, smaller guy, supposedly was going to be the fleeter guy, the quicker guy. He used that southpaw jab, he being Spence, to stabilize Garcia on the outside. And then he tracked him down. So he, he was able to do those other things that good boxers can do, not just big, strong welterweights. Mm-hmm. And so he'll be able to do that with Porter. He'll be able to use that jab. So Porter's not going to out-jab him. And then if Porter 
tries to come in, he can set traps and counter Porter. Now, if Porter gets in the wheelhouse and gets inside, which a lot of people out there might be saying, that's what we want him to do. If I'm going to bet on him, that's what I want. I want him to go to the body of Spence, that thin body. Good point there. Mm-hmm. It is a thin body. Yep. Holyfield had a thin body when he was uh, the top guy, and but it was so muscular, everyone said, oh, you don't go to the body. But if you did, you could hurt him there. Mm-hmm. And he had been hurt there. So I'm hurt there with Michael Dokes. So Spence has that wiry, thin you know, low body fight, low body fat, you know, defined body, and it looks great, and it is great, but a lot of people think, oh, gee, it's all muscle, no sense in going to body, but a body like that can be attacked. Mm-hmm. It could be, it can be hurt sometimes yeah. because it is so fine. It is so, you know, streamlined. So I can see Porter wanting to get in the trenches, bang to that body a little bit, you know, rough, try to rough up the more sophisticated fighter, be inside. But that's where I think Spence can turn the tables and can handle it because Spence can go to the body well. And he can, those punches are going to be a little fat on the inside. We just talked about that earlier. I think that'll be another opportunity where Spence can get inside, sit in that pocket, sit in the eye of the storm when those punches are raining. He doesn't need an umbrella. What he does is he just gets inside those shots. They're coming outside. He gets inside them where he's safe. And he can punch right in between them. So what I'm describing is that there are many ways, I think, that Spence can win this fight. And not a lot of ways that Porter can win it. The way I break it down, I try to break it down, you know, thoroughly. So at the end of the day, the one other thing, too, that I think people should look for is when Porter is trying to be what he needs to be, maybe, the, a quick guy, maybe not just, the again, not the bull, a quick guy, a guy with a jab, a guy with some finesse, a guy with some mobility. To, you know, when, when he tries to be that guy to get his motor running, you know, to get uh, himself into that speed, into that rhythm he bounces yeah now a lot of guys don't pay attention to that. they say yeah but he's quick on his feet he's lighter he's feeling loose he's feeling he's feeling yeah if you get away with it but there's a detriment to bouncing if the other guy knows what to do because while you're bouncing right in front which he does and he did it in in the Uga's fight when you're up you're not set to do anything when you're up in the air you, you're really not set to punch or defend a punch you're out of position. You have to come down. So while you're up, if somebody's on top of their game, they can hit you with that jab. In this case, Spence with the southpaw jab. Bang! Every time you're bouncing, bang! You and know, Holyfield used to bounce, right? Yeah. We, that was part of the game plan was, when Michael Moore yes, won the titles. To yeah, it was. keep him off balance. I saw it in tape, and I said, the jab will win the fight for us. Yeah. You know, if we can, if we can do what we need to do with, with this great warrior. Mm-hmm. But the jab is a big part of it. We can disrupt his rhythm yeah. every time he's bouncing. Mm-hmm. Never let him get started. Mm-hmm. 
You know, don't let the car get out of the driveway. Yeah. You know, keep it, keep the engine idling in the in the driveway. Don't let it get on the road. Don't let it get on the highway. If you're training a guy that's bouncing like that, are you telling him we got to get rid of that bounce? If it's a natural instinct, yeah. What, what would be the instruction? Cut, cut the crap. Like, stay grounded. Well, be aware of it. Okay. Be aware of it and teach, 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 teach. Mm-hmm. It takes work to teach. It, it takes patience to teach. It. You have to stay on top of it. You yeah, can't yeah. just tell because it's a habit that's mm-hmm. been instilled. Yeah. I would tell him. Maybe bring your legs a little closer together. Maybe they're too wide somewhere else under the shoulder. I tell them, keep the weight on the balls of your feet where you feel that feeling. I want you to feel the feeling you're looking for, that readiness, that quickness, mm-hmm. that, 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 that comes with the bounce. I want you to, that agility, that panther ability to, to, to be able to leap and to be able to suddenly make a quick move. I want you to feel that. You're trying to feel it. Feel it. Feel it by putting your weight forward on the balls of your feet, mm-hmm. but not on your toes. Yeah. On the balls of your feet where you get to have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. You get the best of both worlds. You feel loose like you do. You feel ready. You feel springy like you do when you're bouncing, but you also have control. You also have position. You also have balance. You're not susceptible. Feet can't leave the ground, yeah. right? Yeah. So that that's what I – and I do – that's what we do. That's mm-hmm. how you're supposed to teach a guy, um, if you understand such things. But at the, wrapping it up, having given what I just gave, that I hopefully is a proper overview of everything that can happen in that ring with these two fighters that they're capable of. Before you get to your prediction, yeah. I just want to remind everyone to check out uh, mybookie.ag. If you're interested in pl- placing a bet on the fight, check them out, mybookie.ag. Appreciate them supporting the show. Use this. Use the promo code ATLAS for a 50% credit on your first play, up to $1,000. With that, Teddy, please carry on. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, I'm you tired know, to hear no, what you have uh, to say. I, I, after the way I've set it up, you don't have to be the amazing Kreskin at this point to know what my pick's going to be. It's going to be Spence. Mm-hmm. I think... You're comfortable laying four to one? You know, I'm never comfortable in a boxing match. There's too many intangibles. There's too mm-hmm. many possible X factors. Uh, I'm never really comfortable laying four to one, but for the, as much as you could be comfortable laying that kind, uh, as much as it if it's possible to be comfortable laying that kind of wood in this fight, I'm almost prone to, Yeah, I'm almost prone to, but I, but it would also make me venture into, you know, other options where I would look at maybe the under over totals. We don't have them yet, but I would look at the totals and I'm just going to guess that the under over, maybe it's going to be, Ten and a half. Probably. Let's, let's just take a guess. Because most people are going to think that the toughness of Porter and their right and both fighters and the experience of both fighters, the abilities of both fighters, that it's going to go rounds. And that, I would think, would be where you'd, you'd have to lay a number for the over. That would be the favorite. That's what I you would know, guess. You know, minus, whatever. I would take... I would think you get some value and take a venture with the under. Because of the things I described, that there's an opportunity for Spence to catch Porter possibly getting reckless because he's aggressive, but he can be reckless in spots, possibly being reckless with his aggression or catching him in between one of those wide punches, you know, or just controlling him, as we said, with the jab 
and maybe wearing them down yeah. by controlling, you know, the rhythm of the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't count out Porter's a tough guy. He's a load, you know, uh, as I said. But there's also another element. Cuts. Yep. You know, Porter's in there with his head. Not not intentionally, but but he's reckless. He's you know he comes in there with his head. You know he could get cut. The other guy could get cut. He can be a billy goat. And when he's in there with his head, that brings again that brings another factor into play where the fight could be stopped early on a cut. Mm-hmm. So when you factor all the things in that I just said, if you don't want to lay four to one, and, and you know it's a lot to lay, maybe you take a shot where you you don't have to put as much up. But you're going to get back more with the odds yeah. by taking the under, or maybe you get real good odds. I don't know what it is, but you probably get pretty good odds if you just, or obviously you wouldn't have to lay anything. You get odds if you just took Spence by knockout. Yeah, that's an interesting prop. Um, I haven't seen the line on that, but you're right. There's probably good odds on that. Relative, relative to the and then uh, and listen. I'm not diminishing Porter. I know what he's he's a tough, determined guy who was trained by his father. There's a lot of pride involved there. You know, the, the this guy was basically made and born to be a fighter. Yeah, and he's going to behave like a fighter. Mm-hmm. But I just think for the reasons that I laid out there, that Spence has an opportunity to uh, to shine. Yeah, well, very good. And one of these episodes, we'll have to get the great Bill Krakenberger to call in and share yeah. some of his thoughts. Yeah, I know definitely. he doesn't like to share My many buddy. of his opinions publicly when it comes he to... He'd do it Yeah, of course. Well, listen, guys, thanks for being with us. Um, shout out to MyBookie. Check him out, MyBookie.ag. Again, use the promo code ATLAS for 50% credit on your first play, up to $1,000. And um, also... Keep an eye out for the fight plan. Teddy and I got in the ring down at Trinity Boxing Club in Lower Manhattan, and we walked through what to look for um, in the ring from both guys, and uh, I think you guys will enjoy that. The first one that we did for Thurman Pacquiao got a lot of great feedback, a lot of positive um, a lot of positive reviews. So, And Ken was definitely training for this one. You can see that, <laughs> and he, he, it shows. <laughs> anyway, Teddy, thanks for doing this. Appreciate you as always. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Hope you enjoy it. Good luck to everyone out there. If you're betting on the fight, we'll be back. 